Heartland Football Postgame, presented by Arrow Seal Colorado and Weichardt Realtors. Reacting to today's game, here's Chad Andrews. Here we go, Broncos country. I'm sure plenty of you are fired up with opinions and plenty to say. The Broncos lose the debut of Sean Payton at home 17-16 to the Las Vegas Raiders. 0-1 to start the season, 0-1 at home, 0-1 in the division, and now seven in a row to Las Vegas. Welcome in to the first regular season postgame show of the year. And we will do 17 of these puppies, and we welcome you to chime in on each and every one of them along the way on the RamosLaw.com text line and on the phone lines. We do take phone calls on the postgame show at 303-713-1043. So you are welcome to get your opinions off of your chest, and we will take this all the way up until just before 7 o'clock tonight. So we have a good 90 minutes plus to get in on game number one of the Sean Payton era, a 17-16 loss to the Raiders. And, boy, was there a lot in this one. And I don't think either team played particularly well. And... When a team does not play well and still wins a division game on the road in the NFL, that is a bad sign for the team that lost that game. I didn't think the Raiders were particularly disciplined or did anything special to take this game from Denver. But the Broncos' offensive woes that we've seen over the last seven years continue with just 16 points on the board and two missed kicks. An extra point and a field goal from Will Lutz, who we did not seen, who we did not see in the preseason, come back to bite Denver in the end. It looked like if the defense could get a stop, Russell Wilson might have a chance to be a hero in the first game of the Sean Payton era, and there was an opportunity for that after Zach Allen made the play to stop Josh Jacobs in the backfield and force the third and six with three minutes left, and Peyton took his second time out. But then Jimmy Garoppolo throws over the middle to Jacoby Myers. It is short of the first down. Kareem Jackson makes the tackle, but they flag him for the helmet-to-helmet contact. And that first down puts the Raiders in position with under three minutes left at the 34-yard line to run the ball two times, get the two-minute warning, and then on a third and five, Jimmy Garoppolo runs for eight yards, picks up the first time, picks up the first down, forces the Broncos to take their last time out, and then kneels the ball out to close out the game. Jimmy Garoppolo almost gave one away to Denver here for the second year in a row. Remember, when he came in for the 49ers last year, and stepped out of the back of the end zone. It was the difference in Denver winning that game. And it looked like at one point in the, what, third quarter? Or second quarter? When um, he throws the pick in the end zone, that he might do it again. Missing an opportunity, four points, 
when he tries to force one in in the end zone. That was in the third quarter. Um, after a couple of penalties, and they had the first and goal at the one, got moved back to the five. And then on third and goal, he tries to squeeze one in, and it's tipped up in the air, and Kareem Jackson picks it off. It looked like Jimmy Garoppolo was going to open the door for Denver to win again this year, but it did not happen. Two missed kicks cost the Broncos, and really nothing dynamic whatsoever on the offensive side of the football, something we've grown accustomed to around here, really ends up biting them in this game. Samaj P. Ryan was easily the best offensive player in the game. Javante Williams looked healthy and was somewhat productive. But when you're running the football off of tackle and when you're throwing short passes in the flat, that does not keep any defensive coordinator in the NFL awake at night. It's not something they worry about when you don't have any dynamic threat down the field. And Dante Gomez is producing the show today. We're talking in the fourth quarter. Were there even any attempts down the field? Did Russell Wilson even try to throw the ball more than 30 yards in the air? And I I don't really recall that he did. Because who's he going to throw it to when Jerry Judy is out? And this has been a contention for quite a long time of mine. And it was again this preseason. Is who are opposing defenses worried about to break a game open? Who is the Devontae Adams that other teams have to worry about the way the Broncos' defense had to game plan today, or even a Josh Jacobs with the frequency. I don't know that the Broncos have that, especially without a healthy Jerry Judy. So let's get into it. The RamosLaw.com text line is filling up, and, oh, man, I think we probably got 60 or more here already, Dante, that we will get through throughout the course of the show. And we will also open up the phone lines. And which one are we starting with, Dante? And it's Butch. We'll start with Butch today on line two, the um, bulletin board Butch, as we called him yeah, in the preseason. Well, I, I I tried. Look, uh, who was that guy that said, well, actually I didn't say it, but I texted numerous times about you don't give up draft picks for a coach. Right here. Hi, how's it going? Who was that guy that said we will lose at least one game this year because we got rid of McManus. Okay. That me, D-Max got to take credit. I heard him. Well, I can't say that we lost just because we didn't have McManus because once again, not once, but twice we had a chance to stop the Raiders late in the game. We couldn't do it. A defense once again, that plays pretty well the whole game, but when you have to get a stop, it doesn't matter. I honestly think we could be playing, seven guys from out in the sticks off a high school team. I don't think we could stop them late in the game. Every time we need a stop, we can't do it. And Sean Payton, I guess he's an upgrade from a complete the complete buffoons we've had as head coaching. But other than clock management, where's the improvement? I mean, name one play we did where we're like, wow, that caught them off guard. Name one thing we did where – and I understand not having Judy and and everything like that, but who's the guy? Who's the guy that brought in his buddy that couldn't kick a bad habit? John Payton. And we're one game into this, and we're already lost to a team that's probably not going to be super great this year. Maybe a little better than the five and a half over under for the Raiders. I, well, time will tell on that. But I mean. 
it looks like it looked like watching, you know, the eye candy. It looked like, wow, Russell Wilson does look better. You look at the scoreboard, and we still don't crack 20 points. You know what I mean? I, I know exactly what you mean, and I will say this. Russell Wilson did look better, and the difference in the coaching. Two yards passing. Yes, yes. Here's the, here's the difference in the coaching. Is the coach, which to me is the definition of a coach, right? Not who has the best players. The definition, definition of a coach is what you do with the players you have. And I think the difference was evident because Russell Wilson looked better because he was maximizing what they could do with the weapons they have. I think what we see in games like this is the big slap in the face of how devoid of explosive talent this offense continues to be. And if Sean Payton, who is a good established coach in the National Football League, if this is all he thinks he can do with what they have on the field, it is further evidence that they don't have enough on the field because the Raiders are not some world-beating defense. They're not going to be a top-five defense in the NFL. But again, when all you can do is throw passes out in the flat and hope your running backs make somebody miss and make a play, you don't have enough dynamic playmakers and explosiveness on the field. Well, can't I thought Mims? Why not? Why not try a long pass to Mims? I thought he was a four-four guy. That seems to be why you would have drafted him, doesn't it? Well, I mean, again, I mean, I know it's only one game, but John Payton just got out coached by Josh McDaniels. And that's the big point, right? When we look back, sorry, at, at, did. When we look back at the season, and thanks for the call, Butch. We appreciate it. When we look back at this season, and we are looking once again, if at the end we're going, where did it go wrong? Well, this is a pretty, pretty big starting point that you can point a finger to, because when you start at home against a division opponent that you are expected to be better than and you have the first two games at home, you are expected to win those games. The Broncos were expected to start 2-0. and They are 0-1. And losing to that guy is going to be a big, big issue this week. You cannot start with a home loss to a team that you are supposed to be better than and that head coach. It would be different if it were anybody else. If if Bill Callahan was still the Raiders head coach, it would sting. It would hurt. It would suck that we have lost seven in a row to Las Vegas. But we lost to Josh McDaniels with his history here. And we lost in a week where he had issues once again with one of his better players in Chandler Jones. And the Raiders were dealing with more off the field stuff, which they always seem to be. And they still figured out how to come in here and get one more point than Sean Payton in his debut. And the kicker on top of that, pardon the pun, was the fact that Sean Payton handpicked his kicker after the preseason. And that guy was a, a, a minus four. We will continue with you uh, on the phone lines and on the text lines, but let's go to the head coach after his debut at the podium. Uh, actually, we will uh, we will pull that up for you and replay it when Dante gets it ready. Let me know when you have it ready, Dante. I'm assuming it was very short. All right, thank you. So, Sean Payton will be up in just a moment. Um, I expect it to be very terse and brief with a 17-16 to loss. And, all right, here we go. 
Um, line up, continue to line up. There's a lot of you that want to get uh, your your uh, thoughts off your chest, and we will get to as many of you as possible. But let's hear from the head coach after losing his debut. Look, obviously uh, a, a disappointing loss. Um, kind of a hard-fought game that, you know, we kind of felt at halftime this was going to come down to a possession. Um, we didn't make enough plays. Um There'll be some things, and I just told our team, there'll be some things we like that we see on this film, and then there'll be some other things we've got to correct. I thought the penalties were a tick high for us. That's going to hurt us. I thought we defended the run well. Um, Kind of go from there. Any questions? Sean, after after you went up six, they obviously went right down the field and scored. Just in in learning how to win games, how key is that moment for a defense? Yeah, look, um, our league's going to be... Every weekend, you know, the exception is the games that are, that aren't close, really. And so, you know, playing in these one-score games, you know, at the end, trying to get a stop, trying to use the time. Um, obviously, it was frustrating. They were able to run the clock out, you know, that third-down conversion. Um, obviously, with the the penalty behind it, uh, was disappointing. And then we had our opportunities offensively as well. So. Um, you know, those those close games aren't going away. Those, That's kind of our league. Hey, Sean, obviously close games can come down to kicking. What do you what do you see on the missed extra point and the missed field goal? Yeah, um, look, I don't have a good angle to, to look at the missed extra point. I was surprised a little bit his first kick. Um, he'll bounce back. Um, you know, he's, he's had a good two weeks with us, hadn't had any issues, and... Uh, you know, we attempted the longer field goal, the 55-yard field goal. That one looked pretty close. That, too, I think was missed right, though. So, um, you know, work to get that cleaned up. Uh, Sean, any update on Caden and Greg? Um, none whatsoever. I mean, I'll, we'll keep you guys posted. Um, I should know more after the MRIs, and, and uh, we probably won't ever do an update injury-wise in this, like, post-game presser. Coach, can you just explain the decision to start the game with that on? Yeah, pick? it was something we had seen on film. Um, it wasn't like a random. We, we just felt like we saw a leverage opportunity and, and someone we wanted to take advantage of. Um, obviously, we didn't want to contact the ball before 10 yards, um, but it was kind of being aggressive, and yet we felt like you know, we came to win a game. Um, so it was, it was something we discussed. If we won the toss, we were going to defer then obviously we wanted it kicked over on our sideline. So, um, you know, it was just one of those things that we felt percentage-wise, we felt pretty good about the the odds. John, to your right, uh, just did you like your tempo in the first half offensively and kind of where did that go in the second half for you? Yeah, um, good question. I, I thought overall our tempo was decent. I think it can be better. Um, you know, we, we were a little sporadic in the second half. When Greg goes out, that kind of changes some personnel groupings. Um, so I, I, wasn't, I wasn't as pleased with it in the second half. I, w- I would say overall it was average. Um, you know, quicker in and out. And then on our part, reducing some of the variables. Defensively, um, were you satisfied with the pressure put on Jimmy? Well, look. I was satisfied with how we played the run. Um, we knew he's, he's someone who's got a quick release. Uh, we'll have a chance to see the tape. You know, I don't like him stepping up in the pocket. We kind of lose contain on that last play where 
where he gains a first down rushing. Um, but we'll we'll see the tape and get a better feel for that. Anything else from the coach? All right, thank you. All right, Sean Payton losing his debut 17-16 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Chad Andrus with you on the Denver Hair Surgery presenting the Fan Football Post Game Show presented by Aeroseer of Colorado, A-E-R-O-C-O, Colorado.com. We will get back to all of your takeaways. Let it out. This is a safe space. I know this is not what any of you were expecting against the hated rival with Josh McDaniels at the helm in a home opener for Sean Payton. It was supposed to be different today. Andrew, on line one, you're up next on the Fan Football Post Game Show. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm well. How are you? Uh, You know, just looking forward to the Nugget season at this point. Uh, <laughs> Already? In- <laughs> hey, 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 it's one game. Anyways... <laughs> Anyways, I'm a, I'm a lifelong uh, Bronco, Colorado native, all sports fans, and this is just the same kind of crap we've seen in the last six years. To be honest, what what why did we bring Vance Joseph back if the defense is just going to give up a another fourth quarter, three four minute game losing well, drive? Well, 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 let, let me say this. Let me say this, Andrew. I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment on that. Because when I watch the rest of the NFL, there aren't very many defenses that do stand up late in the game when a team needs a score. That's why this league is so popular and so exciting. I understand it, and I understand we're frustrated with it, and it's been seven years of the same nonsense with the stops late in games. I get it, but if you hold a team to 17 points on your home field, you should win the game. Yeah, well, we just we can't score more than 10 points a game. doesn't seem... Doesn't matter. Matter to seem. Oh my gosh! Doesn't matter who we're playing. But I, to be honest, I'm just ready to watch the Nuggets. Watch the Joker. I'm tired of the Broncos. I'm a native. I'm just tired of watching it. Let's go Nuggets. At least we got so many clutch in the city to root for. All right. Thanks for the call, Andrew. Giving up after one game. He's out. One game in the Sean Payton era. A one point loss at home. Andrew is out. Colton, you're up next on the Fan Football Post Game Show. What's going on, Colton? Chad, I got to disagree with you on Vance Joseph. His unit single-handedly cost us the game today. How many sacks did that defense have today? How many hurries did they have today? How undisciplined did they play? How many personal foul penalties? Also, they had a cornerback today who gave up one of the worst performances I've seen in the cornerback by Damari Mathis, got torched by Jacoby Myers. Mark my words, he will be one and done, and he'll be fired by the same organization twice. He does not have a winning mentality. We should have tried harder to bring in a better defensive coordinator. I'm not saying Rex Ryan, but you can't bring this guy back. He just does not have a winning mentality. And I know it's only one game, but I'm telling you right now that defense will regress and will be ranked in the high 20s after the end of the year. Mark my words. I appreciate it, Andrew. Uh, Thank you for the call. I will agree on the penalties, particularly the Kareem Jackson one was an absolute crusher at the end of the game. But it had to be called. Ten penalties, 83 yards. And in terms of whether you want to pin it on the defensive coordinator or on the defensive players, um, did Randy Gregory play today? <laughs> did anybody see anything from that guy the entire day? Was he noticeable at all? The Frank Clark jumping off sides was big in the first half, giving a free first down. Um 
yeah, there were plenty of mistakes. I I am actually pro Damari Mathis. I like how physical he plays, but yes, he did have a rough day today. And finding an answer opposite of Pat Sertan is going to continue to be a challenge. Sertan held his own for the most part with Devontae Adams, got flagged for a P.I. that was pretty big in the game um, early on. But penalties, yes. Pass rush, yes. And then, really, what does it always come down to uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders? Um, Josh Jacobs, a guy who has killed them, was held to just 2.5 yards per carry. But when they needed to run and pick up first downs to run out the clock, Jimmy Garoppolo was able to find running lanes and pick up key yardage and close out the game. The Jacoby Myers uh, mismatch really did hurt Denver. Nine catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns. He was clearly the big difference maker on offense for the Raiders. That said, they scored 17 points. When a team scores 17 points on the road in the NFL, they should lose the game. Period. Plain and simple. That's the way it should go. Brandon, you're up next on the Fan Football Post Game Show. Hey, Chad, I just want to talk about the dysfunction junction, the Denver Broncos, seven years now, right? Sean Payton, George Payton. Who's making the calls? Who's bringing in kickers? Who's signing Frank Clark for $7 million? Who's uh, drafting Nick Benito, who can't defend the run, who's a ghost today? Damari Mathis. I can go on and on about George Payton's roster construction. It's awful. It's thin as a you know, wafer cracker. Sean Payton comes to town, and now he's going to take everything over, and George Payton's going to get a pass? Child, please. The Broncos don't know their head from you know what. And again, Already time to sell our tickets to out-of-town fans because this team is on a road to nowhere with no plan. Fire George Payton. Uh, I think there's going to be a a popular sentiment there. Thank you, Brandon. We appreciate the call. Um, Some of his players had a little bit of a rough time And when you're talking about Benito, when you're talking about Mathis. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry again. Like, I've been saying this for, what, three years now? They're not good enough in the middle of their offensive line, and he got absolutely trucked on one play. Um, I'd have to look through my notes and figure out where it was, where they took a loss, um, where he absolutely kind of sidestepped to his left, and then the pressure came right through the gap he left, and he tried to make content, and he just got absolutely run over by the linebacker. Um, I don't think that guy has had much criticism at all, and I don't think he's very good, and it's the center, literally and figuratively, of your offensive line. And Russ, what, did he take 55 sacks a year ago to lead the NFL, and he took two today. So that would put him on pace for 34, better than 55. Don't know if it's going to be great. Two sacks is, I guess, What, average if you're playing a good defense in the NFL? I don't know that the Raiders are going to be a good defense, but they held the Broncos to 16 points today, didn't they? Will is up next on the Fan Football Post Game Show. Will, how are you feeling after game one? You know, I am happy, Will, not sad, Chad. Uh, You know, Lutz was, he he was rough. And, you know, I think a lot of the callers are going to be talking about Lutz and how he's, 
you know, missed the extra point, missed the field goal, and that's the reason we lost the game. I'll say as a Broncos fan, lifelong Broncos fan, and longtime listener, first-time caller, uh, Stunt Payton, that opening kick, it had the whole stadium buzzing. And to start off with the onside kick, I'm happy about Sean Payton. I'm happy about this team. Yeah, we screwed this one up, uh, but it's good to see that we actually have competent coaching, coaching that's willing to take a risk. Uh, and honestly, it's a tough game, but I'm, I'm happy to see where the direction's heading. Okay, well, I, I appreciate the positivity, and I appreciate you understanding it's one of 17, and the NFL's a week-to-week league. But when you look at the AFC and how stacked it is, did, did you envision a scenario where the Broncos could be playing for a playoff spot the final two weeks of the regular season without winning this game? That is the question I will ask. I appreciate the positivity. I think Sean Payton is a good coach. I think there will be a lot of things very different, particularly when Judy, Jerry Judy is healthy in this offense. They are desperately missing any type of explosion, and it's a large part of the reason why it looked the way it looked today. But 16 points is not enough. It is not. You cannot win NFL games scoring 16 points. This is not a Super Bowl 50 defense. You're not going to win that way. And even if you say, okay, the kicker straightens it out and you score 20, you probably win the game if he makes an extra point in the field goal. I'm going to tell you right now, 20 still isn't enough. Anthony, you're up next on the Fan Football Post Game Show. How are you feeling? I'm feeling all right. You know, one of the things that I'd like to just mention, you know, I, I tune in in the mornings and listen to Shalaris. I listen to Stokely. And, you know, I hear a lot of, uh, you know, negative things about, you know, the Raiders and how the Broncos are going to do this and that. All I have to say is put some respect on it. Another year and heading towards another sweep. Go Raiders. All right. Raider fans snuck in. Sorry about that. Uh, it is seven in a row. The Denver Broncos have never beaten the Las Vegas Raiders. And when they put that graphic up on the CBS broadcast, along with the chief streak of 15 and now seven to the Raiders, it's downright embarrassing within your division. It is downright embarrassing, and that has to end. Absolutely positively. I had a list here, Dante, of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven keynotes that I was going to watch for in this game. And number eleven at the bottom of my page to close off all of my notes that I was looking for to keep track of throughout the course of the contest was the last thing, the final sentence I put on my pregame notes were, Sean Payton absolutely, unequivocally, positively cannot lose his debut to Josh McDaniels. 17-16. Raiders won the game. Justin, you're up next on the Fan Football Postgame Show. Well, I'm glad I got to go after that little chump that just got on the phone and said nothing of any substance. But anyway, it's kind of like I know you are, but what am I? Look, we didn't lose this game because of the kicker. Well, not only because of the kicker. We lost it for like maybe two or three different reasons. The kicker, our pass rush, or lack thereof it. And I disagree with their pass rush necessarily being that much of a problem because if you look at Russell Wilson's staff, it doesn't really 
smack of indicative of a guy that was under any kind of pressure or stress. Now, there were a couple plays that were power coming up through the middle causing success to the side, but I think it was like one out of three of those, he made a completion and it was a third and long that converted. So I really think that right now, Sean Payton's probably pretty happy, or uh, the other way around, George Payton's probably pretty happy that Sean Payton is the one that we all know made the move on McManus because that would just be the he would be probably fired in the season, like sort of like a, well, I'm not even going to say our coach from last year's game not really. Anyway, like that's all I really had to say, but one last thing is, Let's not gloss over the fact that, really, I mean, are, were we going to win the Super Bowl this year? Are we going to? I doubt it. It would be one of the biggest Cinderella stories ever in the history of sports, so those don't come along a lot. But what today showed us that we should really be happy about is that Russell Wilson's not broken. He's not just he's a little less explosive or crispy or shiny as he used to be, but he's still a good quarterback, and he operated efficiently. He's clearly bought into Sean Payton's system, and I think that's massive, like a lot of potential for uptick, especially with guys coming back. We're going to get better and better as the season goes along. And, I mean, I, it would be nice to have kicked, like, smash that little winning streak against us in the first game, and it would be nice if the kicking game that we knew was going to rear its ugly head and probably lose one for us this year. Great. I'm so glad we got to have it happen on the first game that could have stopped that streak. But anyway, we'll probably go through three or four kickers this year. All right, we appreciate the call, and um, I will say this. Did it prove that Russell Wilson isn't broken? Hmm. I'm going to reserve judgment on that. 27 of 34, 177 yards, 5.2 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns, they looked eerily similar, by the way. Breaking out of the pocket, moving to his right where he had a clear throwing lane and could see. Just found two different receivers in the back of the end zone on from a play from his standpoint. Looked very, very similar the way he cleared the air, kind of, so to speak, where he wasn't in the middle of the field and could clearly see his target and converted for two touchdowns. My question is this. Was Russell Wilson 27 of 34 and largely efficient throwing short passes and swing passes to running backs? Because Jerry Judy is hurt and Tim Patrick got hurt and there aren't real dynamic speed weapons on this team to throw to? Or was he that because Sean Payton thinks all he can do is that? And Marvin Mims down the field is not going to be an option or Brandon Johnson or Cortland Sutton down the field is not going to be an option. Or was that specific to the Raiders? Like... The caller said, I don't think the Raiders pass rush was out of this world or did anything that was um, really putting the Broncos under a lot of pressure. But a large part of that is because the Broncos were using a short passing game and getting the ball out of Russell's hands. He wasn't standing in the pocket and waiting for downfield shots. So you're not going to see a lot of the effect of the pass rush. I can tell you this, there wasn't anything there on the other side from the Denver pass rush. I can promise you that. All right, we are going to... Take a quick time out here as we get rolling on the postgame show. But we have more than an hour left to get you in. So hang on the line. Emerson, I know, is next. And then the rest of you and a flood of texts to get to, as well as if uh, we can hear from Russell Wilson, we will. And then some of the key points that I was looking for in this game and your final stats as well. 
We will get back to the calls, the texts, and everything else coming up next on your fan football postgame show presented by Denver Hair Surgery. Denver Hair Surgery presents the Fan Football Postgame, presented by AeroSeal Colorado and Weikard Realtors. Reacting to today's game, here's Chad Andrus. Broncos took a 16-10 lead with 8.54 to go in the game. They had a 76.8% win probability at that point. That was after the Will Lutz 24-yard field. We had a rough day, but he made that one. So basically 77% of the time, a team in that situation wins the game. They didn't. Losing 17-16 to 16 because after that field goal, there was the Raider drive where Jimmy Garoppolo was connecting with Jacoby Myers. And then Isang Bassey got the roughing the passer penalty that moved the ball all the way down to the Denver 26 and then they found Justin Hooper, the tight end, to get the first and goal before the Myers six-yard touchdown that got the 17-16 lead because they made the extra point and ultimately won the game. Chad Andrus with you on the Denver Hair Surgery, presenting the Fan Football Post Game Show, presented by Weikart Realtor Professionals. Contact Tim Davis for your Denver real estate needs at 303-302-4000. We go back out to the phone lines, and Emerson, you're up next on the Fan Football Post Game Show. How you doing, Emerson? Yeah. Hey, guys, how you all doing? Thanks for having me on the radio today. Yep, absolutely. You know what? That was a fantastic football game. I need to tell the city of Denver and all the Broncos country fans, listen, have faith, have hope. We move the football. Sean Payton knows what he's doing. Listen, did Sean Payton make a bad choice to kick the onside kick in the beginning? He probably did, but it was aggressive. It showed the league we're coming, just like CU says. Listen, I'm optimistic. Have faith. Judy's coming back, signing off. Have a good night, guys. All right. Positivity from Emerson. Second person, very positive. I'm not going to say it was a fantastic football game. It was 17-16. to 16. The quarterbacks were relatively even. The running backs were relatively even. Jacoby Myers had the biggest effect on the game offensively as a playmaker, averaging nine yards a catch and getting two touchdowns. Jimmy G turned it over on the tip ball in the end zone. Russ didn't turn it over, although he should have. That was definitely a fumble, but the flag on the other side of the field bailed him out, or it would have been a Russ turnover on that game. But he had a a 108 quarterback rating, Jimmy Garoppolo, 107.9. Josh Jacobs ran for 48 yards. Javante Williams ran for 52 yards, right? This game was relatively even, except for the fact that Denver left four points on the board, missing an extra point in a field goal. Las Vegas did not. And the Raiders, with the help from a couple of penalties in the second half, were able to score to take the lead and then hang on to the ball and run out the clock against that Vance Joseph defense that, again, a lot of people take issue with. I'm going to get into the onside kick to start the game here shortly. But first, let's go to Justin. Justin, you're up next on the Fan Football Post Game Show. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, as much as I think Sean Payton is a competent coach, and I'm actually happy he's here, um, I'm going to go ahead and hang today on Sean Payton. Um, starting out the game, I thought it was a good aggressive call, but the, the chances of recovering that onside kick are pretty pretty low. 
Um, I think the Denver fans are already fired up enough. They didn't need to do something like that to get the crowd going and get the fans fired up. And the other thing that I was that I questioned, even when they hired the guy, is why is Vance Joseph in such demand for defensive coordinator position when he's never had higher than, I believe, a 20th-ranked defense? And it was also, uh, back to Sean Payton, two or three challenges that I thought for sure he was going to throw the challenge flag on. Um, again, thanks for taking my call. I'm going to hang up and listen to what you guys have to say. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it, Justin. Um, I'm not real sure on the challenges. I did seem to think that he was he was kind of playing fast and loose with those timeouts early. He didn't seem to have any regard for saving timeouts uh, along the way. Um, here's what's interesting to me about the onside kick to start the game. Sean Payton is an established, very good Super Bowl winning head coach in this league. Sean Payton has also made it very clear that things are going to change around here from the last six years. And he is 100% in charge. And in making that statement, you have seen plenty of indications that along with Sean Payton's accomplishments as a head coach comes a little bit of an ego. And that usually is the case with people who are really good at their jobs. So when he is back in the NFL, even though he was only gone for a year, what is Sean Payton most famous for in his career? The single biggest thing he did that changed the course of his career and made him most famous. Dante Gomez is laughing behind the glass. He came out in the second half of the Super Bowl and did an onside kick. And it worked. And it changed the momentum of the game. And he won. And he's known for it. And someday he will probably go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. In large part because of that decision. And making a statement when he comes back to the sideline today by starting with an onside kick, I think was part his ego playing into that past success, making a statement that I'm back and here's what I'm going to do. But here's the other thing that I think is even bigger than that. Let's say say that wasn't part of it. Let's say Sean Payton's ego did not play in at all and what he said at the podium is 100% accurate. We saw something on film that we thought we could get an advantage. Here is what is different about Sean Payton. And you can decide for yourself whether or not you like this or whether you don't. Personally, I like this because I'm old enough to remember when Andy Reid debuted as head coach as the Philadelphia Eagles in his first game. It was a divisional game on the road at the Dallas Cowboys, and he lost the coin flip, and the Cowboys elected to receive, and you know what Andy Reid did? He kicked an onside kick for the first call in his professional career as a head coach. And you know what that told me? This guy is confident in what he wants to do, and he's confident that he has an offense that is going to go score on you. He wants the ball because he is going to play to score. That's what that message sent 
to me from Andy Reid. And now here we are, whatever, 20-plus years later. Um, it kind of played out that way in his career. Highly successful in Philadelphia, and now we see what happens when he gets Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is going to the Hall of Fame because he is an aggressive offensive coach. Sean Payton, who has also been an aggressive, successful offensive coach, kicked the onside kick because it is part of sending that message not only to his team, his players, but to everyone that paid for those tickets and showed up for his debut and everyone watching in Broncos country that, hey, we are not playing Vic Fangio football where we try to pin them deep and hope they make a mistake or punt it to us in good field position and we'll have a chance to win. That's not the way we're going to approach the game anymore. We're not trying to win with defense because we do everything we can in our power to put the other team in a bad offensive position. If it doesn't work and we give it to them at midfield, okay, so what? We plan on scoring a lot. I think that is more important than anything else in the decision-making to start his career in Denver with an onside kick. Now, all of that said, one, it failed. And it led to a short field and seven points to start the season for the Raiders. The defense did not hold up. You're in a 7 nothing hole. You did respond pretty well, though, in that first quarter with your first possession outside of missing the extra point. By the way, that first quarter, uh, one possession each. I thought we were going to have a record for the time of a football game um, with the pace they were going at there. But I don't have a problem with that. It shows they were ready to play offense, or at least they thought they were with a game plan. The problems I have all came after that, like the second possession that was an outright disaster in the second quarter, and then beyond, and again, which many callers and listeners have brought up, the inability to get a stop at the end of the game when it counts, which is quite common across the NFL. So, We will continue to get into uh, some other tidbits and pieces here on how this game went down and particularly some penalties, some key plays, Jimmy Garoppolo's influence on the game compared to Russell Wilson's influence on the game. And I will get to the text line. Um, I thank each and every one of you. I value all of these texts, and I will start getting to them. There are so many to get through. They will be coming up on the program, um, but next we will hear from the quarterback, a two-touchdown, no-interception day in a one-point loss for Russell Wilson. Denver Hair Surgery presents the Fan Football Postgame, presented by Aeroseal Colorado and Weichardt Realtors. Reacting to today's game, here's Chad Andrews. Starting to go through all these texts and appreciate every one of you at 303-713-1043. A lot of people on VJ not getting a stop at the end of the game. Point taken. I'm going to leave the jury out on that one. You give up 17 points at home. You should win. They did not. A lot of people on the kicker today. Will Lutz missing an extra point and a field goal. And plenty pointing out that Brandon McManus was one for one and four for four on extra points. 
even Brett Maher was three for three on extra points and three for five on field goals and hit a 54-yarder. Let's made a 24-yarder to give uh, the Broncos the 16-10 lead, but they could not hold it in the end. We've heard from the head coach. Now let's go back to the podium and hear from the quarterback, Russell Wilson. Hey, Russ, uh, right here. You guys obviously had success in the first half, a couple of touchdown drives. What's what's the key in your mind to, to sustaining that the whole way through? Yeah, I, I thought we played well in offense throughout the game. You know, I thought we did, made some great plays. Um, guys, we were battling up front. Um, I thought the offense line did a tremendous job. I thought, you know, especially with Jerry coming down, going down, I think that, um, you know, uh, you know, seeing LJ make that touchdown and uh, Corland Sutton played a great game. I, I think our, it was also really good to see Javante back in the game, you know. Um, I think the biggest thing is it's just, um, you know, we, we had six possessions. I thought we did well in, on all, pretty much all of them. I think the biggest thing is is just finding one more play here, you know. Um, and um, we knew it was going to be a fight. We knew it was going to be a battle. Uh, we thought we were going to come out on top. Unfortunately, we didn't. Russ, in the, in the back here, can you pinpoint anything they did differently? I mean, I know there's halftime adjustments, but that slowed you guys down compared to, I guess, how efficient you were in the first half? No, not necessarily. I, I think the best thing we can do is make one, one more play, you know, and I think that gives us a chance. Yeah, you you move the ball, it seemed like, to, to their 30 just about every possession, but could finish from there. Anything that you saw that... Uh, where you couldn't finish it off there? I think the biggest thing is just um, collective effort as a whole team. Just, um, you know, I think it takes, you know, all of us and we, we uh, you know, we definitely, we're, we're excited about, you know, who we are and where we're going to be, you know, and I think the biggest thing is is continuing to push, you know, it's uh, got another uh, opportunity next week. We've got to come back uh, ready, to, ready to swing and, and go get a win. Uh, Russ, when Greg Dulces went out for the second half through the leg injury, how much you felt like that changed changed things for you guys on offense? Well, Greg is definitely a threat in the passing game and, and the running game, but I think passing game, <clears throat> what he can do, um, when he went down, obviously, I think the other guy stepped up, Troutman stepped up, and um, I think he's such a playmaker, you know, in Dolchich, you know, I think some of the things he can do, uh, obviously having Dolchich and, and Jerry not in there, um, but I still think at the end of the day, we, we, we should have won that game, we felt like. Russ, Russ, I have two questions for you. The first one, uh, you moved your legs a lot to move around in the backfield but didn't run as much. Was that something that, that you wanted to do more in this game and just didn't get around to? Um, no, I think we were just taking what was there. Um, I thought we did a good job of guys making catches and making plays. I think a bunch of guys caught, caught the football tonight, um, did some good things. I think the running game up front with our backs and what, what they can do is really exciting. Um, and so we're just going to get better for next week. And, this, and the second part, um, with playing at home for the first time this year, could you sense the, the atmosphere and the excitement from the fans? Yeah, the atmosphere was great. I mean, that, that means the world to us as players. Um, you know, they were in it, and the fans were in it the whole game, super supportive, lifting us up, um, you know, and uh, – you know, I think the biggest thing for us is, is we, we feed off of that as players. You know, it really does matter. Um, this is an electric city in terms of sports and in, in terms of, um, you know, fan base and everything else. And so um, we're going to be better next week, and uh, that's what we've got to do. Rusty, right? Just how do you turn possession into points? It was, you know, that came up last year at times, but how do you turn in that between the 30s production into some touchdowns? Um, we felt like we had opportunities. We've got to go watch the film and see what we can do better. I think there's going to definitely be some things. But I, I, like I said, I think that uh, we played, you know, um, the type of football we want to be able to play and being versatile and everything else. And, um, you know, we just got to make one, one more play. 
Yeah, Russ, uh, even in defeat, you look like a different quarterback really compared to last year. How much, you're 17 and 19 at halftime, how much uh, better, more comfortable do you feel in this offense? Yeah, I, I think um, the relationship that Sean and I have, the understanding offensively what we want to do, um, I think the creativity, I think the uh, um, the diligence of all our coaches, but also us players uh, as a collective effort. We got, we got we got a lot of work to do uh, just because it's a long season. You know, it's, it's going to be uh, something that we're going to do everything we can to be our best. But I, I feel great. Um, you know, the only thing that's, you know, you know disappointing is we didn't come up with a win tonight. Um, and that's really all that matters. That's all we really care about. And so... Um, you know, we're going to get better next week. Russ, I know you obviously got sacked a couple times, but how, it seemed like you were clean both of the day. How did it feel with your new O-line up there and, and the amount of time you had to throw plenty, especially in the first half? Yeah, the O-line did a great job. I mean, I think they, they really did, um, you know, a really, really good job of keeping everybody away. Obviously, you got Max Crosby over there who's playing both sides, and I thought Bowles and, and, and McGlinchey did a really good job. I think, um, you know, I think the, the front five that we have, um, you know, it's going to be a winning front five. I believe that. Uh, those guys up front can do can do it all in terms of run game and passing game. Got great confidence. I think that showed today. Um, you know, and um, yeah. That's one, Ryan. Uh, Russ, how much does it impact the offense when you have like two running backs in Shamar JP, Ryan Javante Williams, who can not only like who can run, who could carry the ball well, but they can help out help you out well in the passing game. Yeah, I thought they did, both did a good job. To see P Ryan out there um, running and catching, I think Javante did make made a couple nice plays. Um, you know, in the passing game and running game, um, you know, just to think about all the things that Javante's been through, uh, you know, since last year, you know, just the, the, the feat of being able to overcome, you know, an injury like he had in terms of ACL injury and then to be able to overcome that and to be in top and tip top shape the way he is, uh, his mentality, uh, the way he brought it all day. Uh, you, I think anything, everybody felt his presence today, which is a really good thing. You know, it's a good thing for our football team that we have him. And uh, also two five P Ryan and what he's what he can do. Um, I think obviously um, Jaleel will do some great things for us as well. So um, we got a stable of backs, and we're going to rely on those guys to make great plays in the passing game and running game. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right, Russell Wilson goes twenty seven to thirty four, hundred seventy seven yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, took two sacks for eleven yards, hundred and eight quarterback rating. He's correct on Samaj P Ryan who had eight carries for 41 yards and caught four balls for 37 yards and was easily the most dynamic offensive player for the Broncos today. I'll say this about Russ. Sean Payton seems to have tapped in and connected with Russell with what they want to do offensively. They were getting the ball out of his hands much earlier to try and eliminate that league-leading 55-sack number from last year. Problem with that is everything is a short pass and everything is in the flat and it's not anything that is stretching or scaring a defense. And the statement he made, Dante, I think I heard this correct at the start of that. He said we only had six possessions and I think we did pretty well on each and every one of them. Um, Russ, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt that you uh, haven't watched the film on this thing and it's right after the game. But that second quarter, the second time you got the ball, you got a first down because you got Jerry Tillery to jump on a fourth and one. And then 
He swung the ball out to McLaughlin, and they pulled his face mask. So you got the ball down to the Las Vegas 34. You had first down at the Raiders 34. Manhurts holds Crosby. Lose 10, it's first and 20. McGlinchey then slips, and Crosby gets by him for a sack. You're eventually, well, now you're at second and 27. Then you throw a screen to McLaughlin. That loses seven yards. Then you're at third and 34 before they gift you 11 yards to Pirine, and Dixon punts it away. You went backwards after really two penalties got you first downs. Is that doing well on a possession? That second offensive possession, their first one in the second quarter, was a disaster. And then with 634 left in the fourth quarter, after Garoppolo connected on the six-yard touchdown to Jacoby Myers, and they made the extra point to take the 17-16 to lead, the Broncos get the ball back, 6 minutes, 34 seconds on the clock, own 25. It's Javante Williams, minus one. Russell incomplete on a bad miss on the second down throw. Connects with Troutman for eight yards on third down. It's short. They punt the ball. They had the ball for a minute and 26 seconds when they were trailing 17 to 16. Is that a successful possession on offense? think you're going to feel a little bit differently when you watch the film on that one, Russ. We'll continue to get into your feedback on the text line at 303-713-1043. And uh, a lot of thoughts about the kicker, the head coach, and the defensive coordinator in this one. And we will get into that. You are listening to... The Fan Football Post Game Show presented by Denver Hair Surgery. Denver Hair Surgery presents the Fan Football Post Game Show presented by Aero Seal of Colorado, A-E-R-O Seal Colorado.com. Denver Hair Surgery presents the Fan Football Post Game presented by Aero Seal Colorado and Weigard Realtors. Reacting to today's game, here's Chad Anders. 17-16, Broncos fall to the Raiders, 0-1 on the season, seven in a row now to Las Vegas. And losing his debut, Sean Payton falls to Josh McDaniels in the opener. I love everybody that chimes in on the postgame show because, uh, let's be honest, the way this medium, this business has evolved and changed, there's not a lot of opportunity for the voice of the fan to be heard except on shows like these. So I love it when you guys call all fired up after the game, win, lose, or draw every week. And when you text in, and we're finally going to get to a lot of these texts that have come in, and I appreciate each and every one of them, from the 8587, this loss is on Peyton. Despite him being the reason it was close and looking better, this loss is his fault 100%. Kicking and arrogance. He humbled others, but he's an egomaniac. He better take ownership. Ego is the enemy. 9279 says, good thing Peyton cut our kicker and brought in Lutz, who he trusts to miss an extra point in a field goal attempt. A lot of pushback on Sean Peyton and his choice of Will Lutz. 
because they left four points on the board there with a long field goal miss and a missed extra point. Missed extra point. You lose a game by one at home. That's rough. That's rough. The other vitriol is really directed at Damari Mathis and Vance Joseph. 5344 says Mathis should be cut tomorrow and won the world was paid in thinking by bringing VJ back here. VJ's defenses are pathetic, trying to protect a lead, and there was zero pass rush. This team is easily going to lose 10 games. This team is a 7-8 win team at best. Defense is a joke. 17 points. And I guess it, it all comes down to what you think of the Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh McDaniels, what you think they're going to be. I personally don't think they're going to be great. But if a team scores 17 points on your home field, you should win the game. So I'm going to reserve judgment. You you all may be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying anyone is wrong about Vance Joseph yet. You may be just willing to go out there and go there before I am. Okay? Um, I'm just saying in a week-to-week league, Regardless of what the numbers say at the end of the season, 17 weeks from now, in a week-to-week league, if your opponent comes into your building and they score 17, you should be giving them that L on the way out. So it's interesting to me, and Mike Evans nailed this. He absolutely nailed this on the pregame show today. He said, if they lose... The world is going to come down on Vance Joseph and or Russell Wilson if they lose this game. And he called it a must win. I agree with him. I thought it was a must win if you have thoughts on being a playoff team. If you think you're going to win at least nine or more games and be in contention the final two weeks of the postseason, I thought you absolutely positively had to win at home against the Raiders and the Commanders to start the season. They did not do that. How much money did the Broncos actually save from cutting McManus to sign Lutz? Cutting McManus is the reason they lost. And again, McManus was perfect today on extra points in his one field goal attempt. 7898 says this game is on Peyton. He wanted this garbage kicker. From warm-ups into the game, Lutz was missing wide to both sides. You lose by one and your kicker left four points on the field. Few people chiming in about the penalties and particularly the Kareem Jackson hit late in the game. This one, 5921 saying Jackson should be immediately suspended. It was a blatantly dirty hit that caused an injury. The broadcast crew reacted that way immediately. And what we're seeing from the NFL now, and I, I'm not going to comment one way or another on this. I'm just going to tell you this is the way it is because many of people on the text line are asking, why didn't we see a replay of the Kareem Jackson hit? And Dante and I asked the same question in the studio when we were watching the game. Why didn't we see a replay? The NFL is not going to show those. If they are excessively violent, if they are helmet to helmet, if there is any danger at all of a concussion, or 
um, you know, heaven forbid another situation like we saw in Buffalo last year with DeMar Hamlin, they're not going to continually show you the video because they know the pressure and the criticism that they are under for the violence of the game, and they can't figure out how to legislate it out. So their answer with their big television contract is there going to be when it happens, we're just not going to keep showing it to you. We're not going to put it in front of you over and over and over again. I don't blame them for doing that in their business model. But a lot of you have asked on the text line, why didn't we see a replay? Because I didn't get a clean look at it from the camera angle when the actual hit was made. But I saw the result of the receiver going down. If that's not a helmet-to-helmet hit, the Raiders are facing fourth and one. And the Broncos get the ball back with a chance to win the game. But it's helmet-to-helmet. There's a penalty. It gives them the first down. The Raiders then pick up one more first down and run out the clock. I also would disagree with the texture saying it was a dirty hit. The guy, he was trying to save the first down, which he did do. Regardless of the flag, he did do. He tackled him short of the line to gain. I don't think that could be a dirty hit if you're trying to do your job like that. Well, if you go helmet to helmet, it is going to be deemed dirty. The thing is, is I didn't see it clear enough, and there is no replay on the broadcast, so I'm I'm not going to say one way or another whether I thought it was that. But that hit or hits like that to stop a receiver one yard short of the first down is why Kareem Jackson is on the football team. That is his job. Exactly. He's trying to do his job. He's doing his job, and you can't always control whether or not that goes helmet to helmet. Hey, I've been around in this town long enough. We we got called in at one point to Dove Valley on a normal Broncos off day. The media got called in by Mike Shanahan and went into one of the big meeting rooms because it was the second time in a season that Kanoi Kennedy had got called for a personal foul on a hit, and he sat all of the media down and frame by frame showed the tape of how when receivers catch and their heads lower, what is the defensive back supposed to do? I remember this vividly. It was a normal off day with nothing scheduled, and he called all of us down there and put us in a film room to defend his safety, Kanoi Kennedy, from these types of hits. This is something that's been going on for more than 20 years. I'm just saying the NFL isn't going to show it to us anymore. They're out of answers of trying to legislate it out of the game and protect the players. So when the inevitable happens on a play like that, again, when Kareem Jackson is trying to do what he's paid to do, stop the receiver from get the first down, when that happens, you're not going to see it again on TV. That's just the way it's going to work. Do you think there's anything to, like, I don't want to, like, almost conspiracy theory? It's like if they call it in the moment and they don't show it again, you can't really complain about it? Well, I think fans will go there. I think fans will go to that when they can't see a replay of it and make it clear. They will go to the conspiracy theory card, right, the tinfoil hat card, especially when it's costing their team. But you have to understand the position of the NFL in conjunction with the broadcast networks on this. We're not going to see those hits. They're just not going to show them. And if 
you're putting the balance of the game on that play because it would have been a fourth and one and Denver would have had a chance to get the ball back and see if they could win the game. Yes, I mean, it's frustrating when that happens to your team. Denver Hair Surgery presents the Fan Football Post Game Show presented by Weikert Realtor Professionals. Contact Tim Davis for your Denver real estate needs at 303-302-4000. We'll get to more of your texts and come back and take a look at two costly injuries for the Broncos today, what those might mean, Jerry Judy's status, and uh, what do we do now with the 1-0 Washington Commanders coming to town next week here on the Fan Football Postgame Show. Denver Hair Surgery presents the Fan Football Postgame, presented by AeroSeal Colorado and Weichardt Realtors. Reacting to today's game, here's Chad Andrews. Hurts so good. little salt in the wounds. Shootout game in Los Angeles today. The Dolphins come out on top of the Chargers 36-34, which means the Broncos missed another opportunity to where they could have been a game up on all three teams in the AFC West. Instead, it's the Raiders, the only team with a win in week number one, 17-16 over the Denver Broncos. On the text line, Chad, 17 points means something if the game itself doesn't have six possessions for each team. 17 isn't impressive in that context. It was a short game. It was a short game, particularly that first quarter. It flew by with only essentially one possession each for each team. The Raiders ran one play on their second possession. Here's the kicker. Again, pardon the pun. I really didn't mean that one. The, the Broncos left four points on the field with their kicker. So 17 wouldn't have been enough if they make an extra point in a field goal. I don't think you should lose a home game if your opponent scores 17 points. And I don't care if that's six possessions for each team or if it's nine or if it's 11, whatever the case may be. If a team comes into your building and scores 17 points, you should beat them in the NFL. Let's look around the rest of the league today. Is there another team that won on the road with 17 or less points? Cardinals went to Washington, had 16, lost 20 to 16. Titans went to the Saints, had 15, lost 16 to 15. Cowboys are on top of the Giants, though, 6 to nothing uh, in the Sunday night game right now. And it's raining again there. It was raining in Cleveland. It was raining a little bit here for this one. It's raining in New York with the Cowboys and the Giants underway in this one. Lack of corner depth has me concerned. Broncos put the Raiders in the exact spot they wanted him where Myers was going to have to beat them. The fact that he did is not sitting well with me. Mitch from Littleton. Fair point. Damari Mathis had a rough day. And then the secondary was not helped out when Caden Stearns went down so early in this ball game. Isang Bassi made the team in part because of his nose for the ball in the preseason and those picks in each one of the games. But then when he came in for Caden Stearns, there was a roughing the passing passer penalty that turned out 
being a big play in this game because it gave the Raiders a first down at the Denver 26 that they eventually converted for the go-ahead and game-winning touchdown. And that was after Bassey was in the game, after Stearns was out. The 16 points, I think also in part, was not just because Jerry Judy was out. It was a product of the short passing game they chose to go with, in part because Jerry Judy was out. But then they also lost Greg Dulcich, who was hurt again. And for Stearns, they said a knee on the broadcast. Dulcich, they just said a leg. I haven't seen an update on that. Leg could mean a lot of things. Could mean a hamstring again. Could mean a knee. Could mean an ankle. I I don't know what it is for Greg Dulcich. But in the pregame today, Mike Kliss on with Mike Evans and DMAC said Dulcich should be the guy you look to as the leading receiver with Judy out of the lineup as their most dynamic pass-catching target. How did that play out? He had two catches for 22 yards before being hurt and only had two targets today. They targeted a lot of guys in the passing game. The problem is, is Russ averaged 5.2 yards per attempt. That's not going to get you very far in the NFL. Again, Wilson, Garoppolo, pretty much the same game, other than Jimmy G's tipped interception in the end zone. Russ didn't turn it over, but he had a 108 rating. Jimmy G, 107.9. Garoppolo, 20 of 26 for 200 yards. Wilson, 27 of 34, 177 yards. Garoppolo a little bit better at 7.7 yards per but both through two touchdowns. The one thing that encouraged me, because I want to leave us on a positive note here, on the Denver hair surgery fan football postgame show presented by Aero Seal of Colorado, AeroSealColorado.com. The one thing that encouraged me was Russ's two touchdown throws. And what was encouraging is how they happened. He started in the pocket, and I know Mark Schlereth and many others still would like him to stay there and step up in the pocket where the bulk of these Super Bowl-winning successful quarterbacks make their money. Russ is a little bit different in part because of his size, but the two touchdown passes, Dante, to me, were almost identical. You're looking at two different receivers, in Lil Jordan Humphrey and Cortland Sutton, but Russ drops back, little crowded up the middle, releases out to his right where he clears his vision and has a wide open passing lane. There's nobody in front of him, and he can see a receiver get a step advantage across the back line of the end zone. Clear throw, clear throwing lane, nobody blocking his vision, no hands in the way, touchdown. Easiest way to make Russell Wilson effective in the red zone. And they did it twice. But twice is not enough. So the questions I have going forward are, one, what is the Dulcich injury? How long is he out? Because if they go another week or two without Judy playing and now Dulcich doesn't play, who are the targets? 
Who are you going to target? Samaje Pirine had four catches today, and Adam Troutman had five for a combined total of 71 yards on the nine catches. Sutton caught four balls, but it's only eight per catch. Brandon Johnson was the only one that was remotely down the field at all at 31 yards on two receptions because he had a 21-yard catch. But their longest pass plays of the day, 21, 20, 15, 15, 13, there's nothing down the field at all. And I'm not saying that the Raiders were any better. They're very, very similar in what they were doing with Jimmy Garoppolo to Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams for most of the day. But at least for Las Vegas, you have to think about Devontae Adams going deep. And he did draw a pass interference down the sideline. You have to at least think about that. Is there anybody that the commanders have to think about down the field? I think some of the the callers, the textures, have it right with let's figure out a way to get Marvin Mims into the game plan. Let's figure out a way to get some sort of speed to stretch the defense and open it up on the field especially if Jerry Judy is going to miss another week and if Greg Dulcich now misses any significant time. Thanks to everybody that joined in today. We really sincerely appreciate it. We're going to be back here after each and every Broncos game. And again, it is really the only chance as the fan base that you have to voice your opinion right after we all watch the game together. I want you here each and every week on the phone lines, on the text lines, We will be here to break it down next week, same time, same channel, after the Broncos try to get the record even when the Washington Commanders, Sam Howell and Ron Rivera come to town. It's going to get real ugly if the Broncos, with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, can't find a way to beat Sam Howell and Ron Rivera after losing to Jimmy G., and Josh McDaniels. Again, the final today, 17-16. Broncos start the season 0-1, 0-1 at home, 0-1 in the division. Thanks to Dante Gomez behind the glass. We will wrap things up tonight and see you next week after the Commanders game.